Welcome to another episode of Ordinary Old Catholic Me. When I was at Mass this past Sunday, an old subject of this podcast represented itself because of what I saw. It's something I've seen a great deal in the last few years, the increasing incidence of such cavalier or intentional behavior gives credibility of a sort to those in the traditional leaning mode of Catholicism who decry as scandalous the receipt of communion in the hand. A lovely, well-dressed young woman approached the priest for communion. As the host was placed in her hand, rather than drop her mask and consume it as we are instructed to do, she clasped the host turned and walked away. The priest and server both observed that she was not making any effort to consume our Lord at all. The server was tasked with intercepting the young woman. What's the big deal, do you say? We've always lived in dark times, but one could say that we live in darker times still with things like black masses and Satan worship prevalent around us. There might be innocent reason for a person to walk away with the consecrated host, or, more likely, a lack of catechesis that we rail against in the understanding of what it means to say consecrated host. But when a person, any person, walks away with the transubstantiated host in hand without taking him under his or her roof, there is a basis for concern. It is neither the proper substantive way nor the proper liturgical way to receive our Lord. The server stopped the communicant and asked her to consume the host. In a crowded church, it was hard to hear her answer, but when she opened her hand, she kept looking at the host at him in her hand and was disinclined to do what was asked of her, to consume the host. This is a difficult time and a profoundly inconvenient time to try to engage in a theological explanation that God was in her hand and all that entails. It seemed that her motivations were not ill ones. It sounded as if she wanted to take him back to the pew, perhaps to sit with him before consuming him, but it just wasn't clear what she was saying or responding. And as I said, Even this potentially innocent rationale turns the teachings and liturgy of the church on its head. Imagine if every communicant took our Lord away to a pew. What reverence could ever be assured? Human nature being what it is, God in the consecrated host would all too often, as he already is, become just another piece of bread or for some malefactor, provide an increasing opportunity for blasphemous behavior directed against God. I remember seeing a host long ago in the holy water fountain. It was unlikely that it was an unconsecrated host because that would likely not appear in such a location. So someone, this person with a disregarding attitude, if not something more nasty, dunked the host and left it there as if it were nothing. That host was properly ministered to and dissolved in an effort to minimize the desecration. 
It is precisely that desecration that must not be permitted by any of us when we receive the Lord into our hands. But when the prevailing attitude toward the host is so casual by those of us who purport to be believers, we do the ultimate harm to our faith and treat God as if he is nothing. We can do evil with good intention as well as with bad. The young woman was either confused or embarrassed or felt herself disrespected, I'll never know, but ultimately she put the host in her mouth to consume it. I kind of wish someone, even I, had found her later, if we could identify her, and just had a conversation with her about what had happened, and perhaps have resolved the problem for the future. I actually do remember another time, maybe six months ago, when a similar thing happened, and later I happened to see the person outside in the vestibule and had a long conversation with her about what the problem was, and she did understand, and there were no hard feelings, and the dignity of our Lord hopefully was preserved. I mentioned that I've been helping out at my church office these last few weeks, and I was on Friday going over to the church to bring some intercessions and intertentions for the upcoming week. So this Friday was First Friday in honor of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Eucharist had been exposed during the day and would be so until 7 p.m. So I figured I had some time. I decided to sit before God in the monstrance, and the incident I had observed on the last Sunday came back to my mind, not in a way critical of the person who had tried, for whatever reason, to walk away with the host, but thinking of myself and my own attitude toward the little piece of apparent bread that my faith teaches has become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ himself in a representation of the ultimate once for all time sacrifice on Calvary. While I was sitting there, I thought, what's my attitude toward him? There is knowing and there is knowing. I can speak the words that seem to say that I know the absolute truth of God present there and in my hand when I take the host and receive communion. But has that truth really absorbed within me penetrated me, and how can that truth really penetrate my soul when we, even I, not even I, but me too, are so casual about the receipt of him? We are together losing the centrality of our faith that was there from the very beginning when men and women were in catacombs, evading the Romans, or being martyred by them because of such a belief. What, who am I receiving? I may have mentioned a painting I once saw and I keep looking for and cannot find in a search on the internet. It was of a priest at the moment of consecration. As he concludes the words of, this is my body, this is my blood, the tabernacle behind him, very much like any tabernacle in any church, is opened and out comes Christ himself, in his human and divine nature toward the priest and the altar. Why does the server, in many churches, it doesn't happen everywhere, put a communion plate under the hands or chin 
where people receive by mouth, of the person receiving, because every particle of the host, every one, is God holy, spelled W-H-O-L-L-Y, complete, the person of Christ. If we don't see that, then we don't see one of the, maybe, the key thing that makes Catholicism unique, that we are given for our salvation this perfection of God-made man at every single Mass. And when we behave with such enormity, meaning flagrancy, monstrousness, from grabbing the host with two fingers, which I see often, or reach out one hand as if receiving lunch at a food truck, or walk away with him in our dirty hands, do you wash your hands before you receive him, or secrete him out of the church for nefarious purposes, the faith in which we claim to partake is participating in utter contempt for the king of the universe. We are effectively taking our hope and throwing him away. I want to be clear again. I am not critiquing only those whom I've seen receive communion with levels of indifference or even apparent, given body language, disdain. When I sat before the monstrance on Friday containing God, I realized that my own disposition lacks, um, what, full assent? He has my sporadic intellectual assent, sporadic, because I must say that famous phrase over and over, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, and still I wonder whether I have even vaguely approached belief intellectually, let alone in the recesses of my own soul. Is it, do I see the reality of the mystery presented to me? I need as much regular catechesis as the next person. The salvation proffered by God and the graces provided by the Holy Eucharist are mine, are mine to lose as they are for all of us. In a way, when I observe how another receives, I am reminded of my own lapses and my need for constant conversion to the truth of him. And I have to say, I have observed the total opposite of casual in many parishioners at my own parish and elsewhere. I've seen people, and I have to admit, it's usually people who receive on the tongue. And they receive the Eucharist, and the visual is as if they are in a desert and have received the life-saving drop of water for which they are totally and utterly grateful. Yesterday, when I was sitting before the Eucharist in the Monstrance, I noticed someone I know behind me who was kneeling the entire time I was there, and even before I was there, when I came in, she was kneeling. And I assume she knelt through to the seven o'clock hour when our Lord was returned to the tabernacle. That's one of the other things. For a time after the 60s and 70s, there was a lack of, of the exposition of the Blessed Sacrament in many parishes. But that has come back, I wouldn't say all over, but it's come back in quite a few parishes. It's been at our parish for a very long time. It's a funny thing about all of us is that we want to have the exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, but then if you're there on a Sunday or on a First Friday or whenever it is exposed, you'll notice that really very few people actually stay and attend it. And 
you cannot leave our Lord alone under those circumstances. There has to be somebody there worshiping him. When I was in the church last night, there were about three people other than me, which is not a huge amount. But I was grateful because aside from being in front of him and sort of resting in him, in a way, when I was sitting there, I was reminded of my own lapses and my need for constant conversion to the truth of him. All of the sacraments prepare us for our ultimate home with God, but the Eucharist, we cannot continue to lose the sense of how he reaches out to us literally with his body at every Mass. We can't fail anymore to cultivate the sense of him by constant renewal of our catechesis or our first true immersion into catechesis. Here's something from the Catechism of the Council of Trent that touched my mind. We can compare the Eucharist to a fountain. This, is, this part is a quote. To a fountain, the other sacraments, to rivulets. For the Holy Eucharist is truly and necessarily to be called the fountain of all graces, containing, as it does, after an admirable manner, the fount itself of celestial gifts and graces, and the author of all the sacraments. Christ our Lord, from whom, as from its source, is derived of whatever goodness and perfection the other sacraments possess. From this comparison, therefore, we may easily infer what most ample gifts of divine grace are bestowed on us by the sacrament. That's page 223 of the Catechism of the Council of Trent. I thought that I'd go to the USCCB site, the bishop's site of the Conference of Bishops, related to their outline of the reception of Holy Communion at Mass. There are some really good points about how we should think about the receipt of Holy Communion. Quote, the Church understands the Communion procession, in fact, every procession in liturgy, as a sign of the pilgrim church, the body of those who believe in Christ on their way to the heavenly Jerusalem. All our lives, we who believe in Christ, are moving in time toward that moment when we'll be taken by death from this world and enter into the joy of the Lord in the eternal kingdom he has prepared for us. The liturgical assembly of the baptized that comes together for the celebration of the Eucharist is a witness to a manifestation of the pilgrim church. When we move in procession, particularly the procession to receive the body and blood of Christ in communion, we are a sign, a symbol of that pilgrim church on the way. For some, however, the experience of the communion procession is far more prosaic, analogous perhaps to standing in line in the supermarket or at the motor vehicle bureau. A perception such as this is a dreadfully inaccurate and impoverished understanding of what is a significant religious action. The communion procession is an action of the body of Christ, at Christ's invitation, extended by the priest acting in Christ's person. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. The members of the community move forward to share in the sacred meal to receive the body and blood which is the sign and source of their unity. In fact, each time we move forward together to receive the body and blood of the Lord, we join 
the countless ranks of all the baptized who have gone before us, our loved ones, the canonized and uncanonized saints down through the ages, who at their time in history formed a part of this mighty stream of believers. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit and go back to the quote. It is difficult for some of us to embrace this emphasis on mass as the action of a community rather than an individual act of my own faith and piety, but it is important that we make every effort to do so. Christ himself at the Last Supper pleaded with his Father, Holy Father, keep them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one just as we are, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. Baptism has joined us to Christ and to one another as the vine and its branches. The life of Christ, the Holy Spirit, animates each of us individually and all of us corporately and guides us together in our efforts to become one in Christ. Finally, the fact that the communion procession is a profoundly religious action tells us something about the way in which we should participate in this procession. We are the body of Christ, moving forward to receive the Christ who makes us one with himself and with one another. Our procession should move with dignity. Our bearing should be that of those who know that they have been redeemed by Christ and are coming to receive their God. The general instruction asks each country's conference of bishops to determine the posture to be used for the reception of communion and the act of reverence to be made by each person as he or she receives communion. In the United States, the body of bishops has determined that the norm is that Holy Communion is to be received standing unless an individual member of the faithful wishes to receive communion while kneeling and that a bow is an act of reference made by those receiving. I'm going to skip a little bit again. If communion is received in the hand, the hands should first of all be clean. If one is right-handed, the left hand should rest upon the right. The host will then be laid in the palm of the left hand and then taken by the right hand to the mouth. If one is left-handed, this is reversed. It is not appropriate to reach out with the fingers and take the host from the person distributing. See, it's not just coming from me or from others of us who are just lay folk. It's coming from the instructions of the bishops. And this part has a kind of a big bugaboo for me. The, the person distributing communion says audibly to each person approaching the body of Christ. This formula should not be altered, as it is a proclamation which calls for a response of faith on the part of the one who receives. The communicant should audibly respond, Amen, indicating by that response his or her belief that this small wafer of bread, the wine in this chalice where you're receiving the chalice, are in reality the body and blood of Christ our Lord. I knew a priest, and I don't know if this is true of other priests, who would not give the person communion until the amen was said. And there were some people who just didn't get it because either they weren't Catholic and did not know how to receive, which raises other issues, or they were Catholics who did not know how to do that. As the bishops have said, your amen is, so be it. You are accepting that what you are receiving is God. What we don't really understand 
because of our lack of catechesis, is that every act, every motion in the liturgy has a profound meaning. Apropos of that little white host, that transubstantiated host, do you know how many saints died preserving that host? Do you remember that even at Notre Dame, when it was burning, and this is in France where Catholicism has been fading fast, the priest went back into the fire of the church to retrieve the Eucharist from the tabernacle. Here's a question to you and to me. Would you be prepared to die to protect the consecrated hosts? There have been people, there remain people who are willing to do so. Now there's a knowing, there is the best ascent that I would die to preserve Christ who is present in the Eucharist. Just as much as if he were present beside me in a way that I could easily comprehend. I truly understand what the traditionalist camp complain about with regard to communion in the hand. And as I've said, I've given thought myself to receiving only on the tongue as they do. The rubrics keep us not only honest, but properly disposed. You know, what we're seeing in the secular society, the broken window syndrome, where small things become bigger and bigger failures, is kind of the same thing that's happening in the church. When we don't follow the rubrics, we become unaware of them and then unaware of the item, the subject of the rubrics. And when that most profound ceremony for receipt of our Lord got shifted a bit, allowing communion in the hand, there was a natural human tendency to become slack and forget the centrality of the action. Now I'm going to tell you a little secret. It's totally personal and maybe someone traditional out there will be horrified. But whatever else I lack, when I receive, I do make the throne for the host. I'm very conscious of that. I may not be as attentive to the astounding nature of the moment as I ought to be, but I am aware that I have an obligation to utter respect to he who has been placed there. And here's what I'm admitting that might horrify some people, that I really like that second or less when I can look at him in my hand and try to say the perfect yes in which I, in my unworthiness and my human weakness, I am unlikely to achieve. And in that moment, as in the breaking of the bread at Emmaus, that he is my only solution. Going to Mass and receiving communion is not just about touching bases, as in a baseball game. It's a tool of grace intended to transform us. It's the ultimate tool of grace. We are to worship him and not ourselves. It is about him and his offer of salvation. He gives us himself, quite literally, under that appearance of bread and wine. If I can truly believe that and act accordingly, I will be saved. We will be saved. And then I'll never be casual or with any kind of agenda of my own in taking him from the priest at communion. I'm afraid I'm just going to be talking about the Eucharist all the time. I'll see things that are just going to remind me to talk about the Eucharist all the time. Because 
I need to hear about the reality of the Eucharist, and I hope that that it finds some favor with you. I've gotten some suggestions for programs, which I'm going to consider because they're all very good suggestions. And if you have any suggestions, feel free to leave a note when you comment, if you comment upon this program. And I will be back next week. <laughs>